we got uh, Mission Possible. What we did uh, last week is we talked about the Living Spring mission statement. And if you look on the back of your um, bulletin there is our mission statement. If you look in the lobby here is our mission statement. If you look on our website, site, it's our mission statement. It's Reach, Restore, and Respond. And if you want to flip over uh, that uh, bulletin, we can go through that um, Together, I'll try and do it by memory. I hope I don't mess up. But it's to reach our neighborhoods and the surrounding communities with the love of the Father, to restore lives to healthy relationship in the Son, and to respond to a move of the Spirit. And so last week, what happened was Jesus is getting ready to do a full-scale campaign, (laughs) if you will, since we're in campaign season, uh, of the kingdom of God, of what's coming, of what, what his life and death and resurrection is going to provide for all of mankind, redemption. And so as he, as, he go, as he goes into every town and village, we kind of see some sections of, that, of, of Matthew chapter 9 of how that fits in with our mission statement as well. The first thing was, Jesus reached, he went through all the towns and villages. And last week what we were talking about is it's not enough just to receive people. We have to reach. Reach is an action. So wherever you are in your life, and we're going to be talking about wherever you are in your life all morning long, but wherever you are in your, it's not enough just to go, well, if somebody asks me, I'll tell them. I don't, I keep it. There's a reaching action to say, look, this is what the kingdom of God is all about. It takes action. It's not just standing still and waiting for something cool to be thrown into your lap. There's a sense of urgency in reach. And it says he went through all the towns and villages. That's every socioeconomic uh, situation that exists today. If you look at Orange County, North Orange County, whatever, you got, you got Huntington Beach, which has its own demographic. You got uh, East Garden Grove, West Garden Grove, Anaheim, uh, Santa Ana, all these. They have all different demographics. So we accept everybody. We reach everybody. Jesus went through all the towns and villages. The second thing was he restored. It says he went in teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the gospel and healing every uh, kind of sickness and disease. Jesus was into the full restoration. What the kingdom of God is all about is restoring us to why we were created in the first place, to have relationship with God. And so Jesus was teaching in their synagogues. We talked about three things that happened in the restoration process. Sound doctrine. He was teaching in their synagogues. He was going through the scriptures and showing them what it meant. And then he was preaching the good news of the gospel. That's a sound, the uh, uh, salvation message is part of the restoration process. And then lastly, he was healing every sickness and disease. That's spirit power. And remember, we talked about the point isn't that you're going to go out and start magically healing every sickness and disease. The point is we're to go out and, and act in the power of the Spirit. And that may, God may have given you a gift, uh, gift of healing. But it also might be some fruit of the Spirit. Patience in a situation that you should not have patience in. Peace in a place you should not have peace in. A word of encouragement that comes at just the right time. That's operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's part of the restoration process. And then respond. It says he saw the people and had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And we look at those words, harassed and helpless, and it essentially means exhausted and beaten down. So I picture somebody just exhausted. Oh, and then when they go get up, someone puts their foot on their back. That, that's what it's like. 
That's the picture Jesus had in their mind. And does that not describe what we see every day in America, around the world? People exhausted. They're harassed. They're helpless. And they're grasping onto anything they can to try and bring some type of shepherd into their life, to lead them, to guide them, to do whatever. And it's only through Jesus. So that's where we left last week. So Jesus is going through the towns and villages. He's teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news, healing every sickness and disease. He sees the people. He has compassion on them. He notices, he's perceptive, he sees they're like sheep without a shepherd. So what's his solution? That's what we're going to look at this morning. His solution. Turn, if you want to, to Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. Or you can just read it behind me. Then he said to the disciples, now remember his attitude now. He has a heart of compassion. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who's called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus. And Thaddeus. Who, who forgot that Thaddeus was a disciple? Yeah, okay. Thank you, because I don't feel alone. I'm like, Thaddeus? Who the heck is Thaddeus? Luke's not in there? I thought it would be Luke for sure. It's Thaddeus. Thaddeus didn't do much afterwards, I don't think. But, uh, and then Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Okay, so that's where we are. Jesus looks out over the people and his statement is, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. I want us to get an idea of the harvest here. The harvest is just kingdom work. Okay, some people talk about the harvest as being judgment. Some people being saving souls. So it's, it's advancing the gospel. There's much, much work to be done to advance the kingdom of God. Much. And imagine, you know, picture yourself kind of going through life and you see a need, okay? And you go, man, that's really too bad. And you feel bad about it or whatever. Now imagine Jesus sees not only that need, but sees the eternal perspective of that need. If we don't do something, this is, the, this is what's going to happen in eternity. That paints a much bigger picture. So Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We've been talking a little bit about the harvest. Uh, we did uh, about a year ago, and we talked about what happens uh, during the harvest season for a farmer and what the wheat looks like. A, 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 a stalk of wheat grows up. And it's nice and straight. And when it starts to get ready for the harvest, it begins to, they call it, it begins to nod. begins to bow low and then, it, then it's ready to be harvested. And we see that Jesus talks about some parables where that happens to people. And the prodigal son, he goes out to go do his thing. And all of a sudden he realizes, man, this is not working. And he humbles himself and he goes back to his father and his father runs to him. We see it in the unforgiving servant. Uh, yeah, where the, the servant, he owes this king so much. And the king says, you're going to have to pay or I'm going to do this, 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 this. And he, it says he falls prostrate before the king. He humbles himself. He nods and the king says, I'm forgiving your debt. 
We see it on the Good Samaritan. It says that man on the road was beaten down. And then the Good Samaritan comes and what shows compassion for that man. All through scripture, we see this process of there's a time when it's time to act. When the kingdom is, is, is ready. All through your lives, guys. All tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day. There's going to be a time when you look out and you see, I got to act. Now's the time. If you don't act on that wheat, when it gets to nod, again, there's some farmers out there who could probably describe it better. You've lost your shot. It's dead. It's over. The wheat goes bad. You can't wait till it falls on the ground and then pick it up later. And so throughout our lives, Every single day, we have to look with eternal eyes and go, Lord, what would you like me to do? I'm sensing that there's something I need to do now. Like answer my phone or (laughs) turn my cell phone off or not bring my cell phone to church or whatever it is that the Lord is. No, I'm I'm kidding around. Don't worry about it. I'm all right. Okay, so I almost got in trouble right there. Let's move on. What do we see out of this section of scripture? The harvest is now. Okay. He says the harvest is right. The harvest is right now. There is when it comes to the kingdom, there is no season. There's no time to rest. There's no time to just kick back and go, you know what? In a couple years, I think I'm going to be ready to really kick it in for the kingdom of God. The harvest is, the kingdom of God is now. Right now. And like I said, there are, time, there are people all around you, there are things happening all around you, where if you look with, with eternal eyes, you'll see, oh man, there's beginning to be a change. Something's happening, something's stirring, and I need to act. See, the harvest dictates everything. If you're, if you're a farmer, and it's all about the harvest. You, you don't say, if the harvest is in June, your calendar doesn't have like, well, then I'm going to go watch television, then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. It's all about the harvest. If you miss that opportunity, you've missed what it means to be a farmer. Everything prepares for the harvest. You, again, for those who grew up on a farm, I apologize, but... But you, you, you harvest the, the wheat and then immediately, you know, you have a little party, whatever. You're, beginning, you're setting aside some grain to be planted next year. You're already planning for the next year. You're making sure everything's in place. Then you plow and then you plant and you water. It's all about the harvest. And so even though there's a harvest time, even though you're going to you're going to be going along at work and all of a sudden go, you know what? I need to speak encouragement into that person's life. There's a process long before that of preparation in our lives. Some of us prepare too much. We're constantly plowing and we never pull the trigger. We're always shining up all the equipment and getting it all ready. Some of us are digging stuff up too early. <laughs> We're not taking the season. We're not seeing it the way the Lord sees it. The kingdom of God is now. I wanna, one of my absolute favorite stories in the Bible is when Jesus uh, uh, goes to the Samaritan woman. Because she has no clue who he is, and she's operating on, on this level, the worldly level, kind of the kingdom of the earth level. For those of you who are new, this is my... If we were doing a little song, this would be my hand signals for the world is bad and the 
Heaven is good. Okay, that's, this is the kingdom of heaven. This is the kingdom of earth. And I just wrote that song. Kevin, write it down. We're going to make millions. Okay? Uh, yeah. So, so she comes to, to Jesus on this level, and Jesus is acting on this level. So they enter into this, this dialogue, and the disciples go to get something to eat. They're all on this level too. And Jesus shows up at the well, and he says, why don't you get something for me to drink there? He says, woman. He wasn't very sensitive to the... No, that's just what was going on. Woman, get me something to drink. Right? She wasn't offended by that. I'm, I'm digging a big hole here. I, was just, I didn't have that in my notes. Always stay with the notes. You'll get in trouble if you don't. Right? So he's talking to this lady, and he says, Hey, can you, may I please have something to drink? Okay? And, and she says, Why are you even talking to me? I'm a Samaritan, and you're a Jew. And he said, You know what? If you knew who you were talking with, Okay, remember, I don't know if you remember this sermon, but it, it went like this. She said, why are you talking to me? On this level, you shouldn't, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. There's a racial divide here. And he says, oh, now forget about that. If you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for water. And she says, you don't have anything to draw with. See, you see what's happening? He just keeps bringing it up here. She keeps staying down here. And he says, I... I'm it. I'm it. So while all this is going on, the disciples are getting something to eat. They're in line at whatever place you're in line at to go get something to eat. And he comes back. They come back and they're kind of troubled that he's talking to this woman and that he's talking to a Samaritan woman. And they say, hey, here's some food. Have something to eat. Again, they're down here. Now watch what Jesus says. My food, Jesus said... (laughs) is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. What Jesus is saying is there's no more seasons anymore when it comes to the kingdom of God. You don't relax for a while and then plant and then do this. You constantly have your eyes open looking at the fields. Every situation you enter in tomorrow is an opportunity to look around and go, is there, a, is there a harvest right now? Is there something I should be doing? Some kingdom work? The harvest is now. And listen, you are gonna have to, you're going to have one shot at the harvest that God has placed in front of you. One shot. Or that wheat dies, that opportunity leaves. Now, is there time for redemption? I go, oh my goodness, I, I should have said something to him and I'll go back and say something and you do. Absolutely, that's why, that's why we saying your grace is enough. Thank the Lord that, that we're operating in grace and mercy. Am I wrong there? I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, we'd be in a lot of trouble if we weren't. But you got one shot, one shot at life. One shot at life. Every day, every situation. One shot. I wish you guys could do funerals. One of the things I didn't expect when I became a pastor was funerals. I mean, I knew funerals. My dad's done probably 1,200 funerals. He, he, he's a pastor, and he also, on the side, works for Forest Lawn. When somebody doesn't have a pastor, he goes and does it and has probably performed 1,200 funerals. It's probably more. I'm, I, I just didn't want to exaggerate, but it's, it most likely is more. I wish you guys, I didn't know about funerals, but I wish you guys could do funerals. They, ch- they change your life. Because a funeral is 
literally the representation of what they've done for the kingdom. You say, well, what if they're not a Christian? Well, unfortunately, it's a representation of what they've done for the kingdom. And so you go and you'll go to some funerals and you're like, whoa, that was all. You leave encouraged. Other funerals you leave and you go, what in the world? You get someone stand up and yeah, he loved football. You're like, oh, cool. I love football. And sure loved his football. Wow. Really? That's great football season. I love it. And what else? Next person came up. He really did love football. That's it. Football? Dowie Crittenden passed away last week. And it's weird. I'm like looking forward to the funeral. Why, Why is that? Because he was a man filled with the Spirit of God. And so there'll be stories about him and his relationship with the Lord and the relationship with his family. And, and uh, Lisa and I had the privilege of visiting him uh, a few hours before he passed away. And he, he'd take every opportunity to smile. That's the kingdom's now. He didn't, it wasn't like, oh man, I'm in bad shape. He'd laugh. Incredible. Not only is it now, it's plentiful. There's a lot to do. It's abundant. You cannot leave a day and say, ah, the Lord didn't have me do anything today. That's not true. It's plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. The work of the kingdom is all the time. All the time. It takes a lot to harvest crops. It's not just some dude in a combine riding around a field, you know, listening to country music. Thank the Lord, because I'm not a big country music fan. But uh, it's plentiful. Listen to what Paul says to the Corinthian church. You have to understand, Paul is passionate about the kingdom of God. He's planting churches all over the place, and he's writing letters to them to try and keep them on track. And he says, therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Don't let all this work of the kingdom overwhelm you. Don't allow the enemy to stop you from doing what you're called to do. He says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. He tells the church in Ephesus, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We're created. There's plentiful. There's tons to do in the kingdom. Tons which God prepared in advance for us to do. There is a place for everyone in the harvest. I've said it once, I'll say it a million times until I die. Every single person in this church, sitting here right now, every single one of you is vital to the kingdom of God. You are placed where you've been placed for a purpose. I don't care how much education you have or how much money you have or don't have or whatever, but every single day there's opportunities for you to advance the kingdom of God. It's plentiful. There's tons to do. And we have a loving God that has taken you and your gifts and the way he's created you and he's placed you in the place he wants you to be for the most part. Sometimes we get off track. We, uh, we find out, oh, really? He wants me to be in debt and have you know, 
12 boyfriends? And no, no, no. You, you did that part, okay? Right? I'm talking about just the, you're bor- when you're born and to what family and what you're going to be doing in life for the kingdom. God knows about it. The harvest is plentiful. I want us to see another thing. The harvest is work. <laughs> you say, well, that's not very fun. It is. It's work. And this, we have to understand it's work so that we understand what our aversion is to getting things done in the kingdom of God. As humans, and especially as Americans, we love comfort. It's not a, an indictment. It's the truth. Don't you? Wouldn't you rather just lie on the couch? Maybe I'm the only one. Right? But I, I would rather... Then work, I mean, what do we work for? We work for retirement, right? So we can finally lie down and get to, right? Isn't that it? We work and work and work. Oh, I can't wait till I can just relax, right? That's just, and as Americans, it's like, oh my goodness, if we don't get what we want right when we want it, it's the end of the world. I'm writing a letter to somebody. And so when we come to the kingdom... For rewards we can't see. See, we can, I, I mean, you tell me, do you like to work? You know, no, but I get a paycheck and then if I invest it, right, whatever. I can see that reward. I really want this thing. But when you get to the kingdom and you don't even know, well, what's, what's in it for me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and like make a fool of myself and talk to this dude. I don't even know what's going on. We have to understand it's work. Sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it's hard, but the payoff, the payoff is unbelievable. Abundance, abundance. A relationship with God when you're fulfilled in kingdom activity, it will make everything, I don't care what it is, it'll make everything pale in comparison. But it's work. It's work. Now, how do we know this? Well, he says... So the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. The word few there is puny. Okay? Now, he's not saying the workers are... It's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger going, the workers are puny. Okay? <laughs> he's, not, he's not like saying that. Okay? He's, Jesus isn't like a huge worker, like, you know, big veins in the neck, and then he looks at the other workers and they're puny. He's saying there's just a handful of them. You have this abundant work that could keep everybody employed in the kingdom nonstop, 24 hours a day, and there's just a handful of workers. That's, that's the way it is. So he says this. Don't miss this. He says, pray that the Lord sends out workers. And you go, yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to pray for more missionaries. We're going to pray for more pastors. We're going to pray for this. That is not what the Greek means. If any of you cheated and read my blog this week, you already read this part. Um, It means to drive out, to send out this exact Greek word. I want to read some of the verses this word is used. And then you get the idea of what we're to pray for. It says, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. It was Jesus talking. And they got up and sent him out of town. They drove him out of town. And took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. That's the sending they wanted to give Jesus. 
(laughs) They were going to send him out. Acts 7.57. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out, same Greek word. When they had sent him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. You say, well, those are two instances in which it was people going after Jesus. Okay, John 2.15. This is talking about Jesus. He made a whip of cords. And he sent out from the temple area all, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He drove them out. Same Greek word. Mark 134. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases and he drove out many demons. But he would not let them let the demons speak because they knew who he was. <laughs> Listen, got to get this. If I were to come to you and I say, hey, you know what? I've been praying for you. You go, oh, I thank you. That is very nice. Well, you're paid to pray for me and I appreciate it. And I'll take all the prayer I can get. (laughs) Oh, good. What if I told you, hey, I've been praying for you. Oh, thanks. I've been praying that God would completely overturn your life. That everything of comfort that you draw to would be completely wiped out and overturned in order that you would find your comfort in Christ. You'd go, Oh, thanks for that, Pastor. How very kind and compassionate of you. What if I said, I I pray that you would enter a season of difficulty so that the things that you've really held on to and clung to and trust that were outside of God's will would be utterly destroyed in your life. And that you'd be driven to your knees in order to seek him for everything you need. That you would, you, you, your life would be completely turned upside down so that everything you wanted was in line with God's will. That in fact it would be true that God's kingdom would come and that his will would be done in your life. That's what I'm praying for. This is what Jesus is asking for. He says, the harvest is plentiful. We don't have much time. There's lots of kingdom work to be done. It's now, right now. Pray that people get shaken up and get kicked out of their comfort zone and go into the harvest field and do something. That's the prayer. So what happens? Well, we do that. I begin to pray. Lord, I pray that people would be driven from their comfort zone, blah, 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 blah. And what happens when I do that? I start thinking, man, I got some comfort zones. Man, Lord, don't take those away. Don't, I'll pray it for everybody in the congregation, but there's a couple comfort zones I really, really like. And the Lord begins to say, you don't need them. You don't need them. Keep praying. Keep praying. The harvest is now. Now is the time. The time is for kingdom work. If there's something in your way, get rid of it. If, if you're spending too much time on something, stop. And so that there begins to be a fevered pitch in Christ's church that says, let's go. Let's do it. Let's stop wasting time. And when we see something happen in someone's life and their comfort zone is turned upside down and we go, man, that's tough. Lord, are you doing that to kick them out into the harvest? That's difficult, but it's work. But the rewards... The rewards blow your mind. Peace that surpasses all comprehension 
You mean I can have a comfort thing taken away from me and there's still peace that I, that I was using that to get peace and it didn't work and now it's gone and there's peace? That doesn't make any sense. There's joy in the midst of tragedy. There's joy. How is that? It's operating in the kingdom. Listen to what uh, Paul says to the church in Thessalonica. For you recall, brethren, our labor and our hardship, how working for you night and day, so as not to be a burden to you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. Paul worked a second job just so that the gospel wouldn't be hindered. It was all for the kingdom for Paul. He'd give up anything in order that the kingdom would, would not be uh, set back even a little bit. This is what we're called to. The harvest is plentiful. It's now. It's abundant. There's much, much, much to be done. And I'm not just talking about working with the kids in our church, which we desperately need people to do. So if you're thinking, well, I don't know what to do, that, okay, all of you, every last one of you, sign up, and we'll pick who we want. No, I'm kidding around. (laughs) Right? There's plenty to do around the church, but I'm not just talking about the church. I'm talking about the kingdom of God as it relates to the field you've been put uh, in charge of, of which you've been put in charge. There, for those of you who are English majors, all right? God has given you a field. God's given you a responsibility. Maybe it is working at the church and doing something. Maybe it's just being at work, being a light in that darkness. Many opportunities where the fields are white and rich and ready to go. And there might be some things in your life that need to be taken away in order to let that, to let that happen. The harvest is work. Lastly, the harvest is deliberate. It's deliberate. It says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out, to kick out, to boot out workers into his harvest field. It's his. And this, for me, relieves a lot of pressure. Okay, because my personality is if I were reversed sitting in your seat, I'd be going, yeah, I got to do more. I got to, you know what? I got to take my faith more seriously. Uh, Tomorrow, I'm going to go tear it up for Jesus. They've never seen anything like it. I'm going to go crazy, right? And the Lord is saying, look, it's my harvest. Right now, what you're going to do is go pick rocks out of the field for me. No, no, I'm not. I'm going I'm to get in the combine. I'm going to drive at 50 miles an hour. I'm going to listen to the achy, breaky heart. It's going to be awesome. We're going to go tear it up for the kingdom. And what happens is I get in the combine. I fire it up. And I'm achy, breaky. I don't know how the song goes. But anyway, and we're jamming along. And the Lord's going, dude, what are you doing? And I'm not satisfied. And I fail. I'm going, what's going on? I want you to take those rocks. And I want you to put them in the rock pile. See, for me, that relieves a lot of pressure of taking someone else's preconceived idea of what the work of the, of the kingdom looks, is supposed to look like in my life. Some of us, church, I've talked to you, I know, some of us are hamstrung because we think we should be doing some great, vast thing because that's the last book we read. And God says, I want you to do one thing. I want you to write this note to that person. And so what's so awesome about this verse is he says, pray, pray. Why do we pray? It's his harvest. 
Why do we pray? It's his plan. It's his work. It's his kingdom. It's all his. So now we approach it with, oh, the harvest is now. It's plentiful. Oh, man, it's work. Lord, what would you have me to do? That's the attitude we go in with. And he says, I want you to work in the nursery. I want you to go talk to your boss. I want you. See, the, see what I'm saying? Doesn't that, that should give us a sigh of relief that it's going to come from the Lord. As we go before him in humility and openness and obedience, he's going to tell us what to do. We sang out, uh, we, we read in Isaiah chapter 6, he says, oh, woe to me, I'm a sinful man with unclean lips and I live among a people with unclean lips. I am not qualified to do anything for God. I've seen the Lord Almighty and I don't measure up, there's no way. And one sentence later, he says, here I am, send me. What happened? The Lord touched him. He was in the presence of God. And that's how we approach tomorrow morning, Monday morning at work or at school or whatever. We go before the Lord and we say, what would you have me to do? I'm totally unqualified to drive a combine, to pick up rocks, to do anything for your kingdom. And we get our orders from God. And he says, open your eyes and look at that right there. I want you to go talk to that person. And you go, here I am, Lord, only by your strength. Only by your mercy. Jesus modeled this, okay? Jesus modeled his own prayer. In Luke chapter 6, it says, One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. He spent all night praying to God. Then immediately, when morning came, he called his disciples. Okay, these are, this was everybody, Okay. And he chose 12 of them. So some say there was about 70 that would kind of follow him around. And then he chose 12 whom he designated as apostles. We call those 12 the 12 disciples as well because they were the ones that were kind of the inner, inner core. Jesus modeled that. He's like, man, there's so much to do. I got to get someone to help me. And for some, you know, again, I don't understand the fully God, fully man thing. I'm not even going to try to explain it. But for some reason, he had limited himself or maybe he even knew and he just wanted to go to his heavenly father. That whole thing freaks me out. I don't know how it all works, okay? So I'd, I'd be lying to you if I, if I said I understood it. I just know those two things to be true. So he goes to his heavenly father and he prays and the Lord says, those guys right there. And we read their names. Thaddeus? What what did Thaddeus bring to the table? I mean, at least Peter was fiery. You could say, okay, good, that guy, you know, he's, he's scrappy at least. He kind of flies off the handle, but I can use that guy. You know, James and John, they were the sons of thunder. They bragged a lot. Okay, so they were a little cocky. They were kind of the T.O. of how it all works for those of you who follow football. But Thaddeus, Bartholomew, Thomas doubted. It's just us, guys. It's just us. They represent us. And Jesus comes. He spends all night in prayer. He's desperate about the kingdom. And he says, yeah, just use those people. That's what God 
has for you this morning. You've been given a field. Maybe you hate your field. (laughs) God's placed you in a place. You're like, man, I want his field. He's got a better field. He's got better equipment. The field you're in, unless you created it yourself by throwing rocks in there and stuff because of sin or whatever, place you are in your life, this is where God wants you to be. Now listen, I want you to hear this too. For some, you are outside the will of God right now. And your only kingdom responsibility is to get back right with the Lord. It's not to win the lost. It's not to go do great things for God. It's to get back to right relationship with the Lord. That's your job. And so you go, Lord, use me, use me. And he's like, I'm not using you in a field you're not supposed to be in. It might be, you might be doing great work in there, but I want you back at your field. We are in all. We are in all.